Await no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to the show wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube at the Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. You could plop us a follow or review us as well on Spotify. And if you really, really like us, it really does help the show if you toss a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you saying for the car culture joe all about that car culture <laughs> all about that car culture today i'm doing pretty well uh you know it's the middle of the week yep it is what it is i'm very <laughs> tired kyle yeah. i i don't want to be like those people like oh you're tired well i'm tired I, yeah uh-huh. but i'm tired i had a little like case of insomnia last night oh where i, I legitimately yeah. i only slept for an hour last night Mm-hmm. But the positive in that is that I got to watch the latest Book of Boba episode, which, Kyle, I'm going to start going to church because, <laughs> yeah, God is real. Your and, prayers are being answered. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I get and that. He's the one answering them, man. <laughs> so if, you know, if he could start answering my que- my prayers yeah. now, I would I would prefer some of mine to be answered. I mean, hold off just a little bit. Because. Joe, you've been getting everything you've ever freaking wanted, it seems like. <laughs> Just once. Please, Alanis Morissette from Dogma. Please, <laughs> give me one thing. What would be that one thing you really want? Hey, uh, Mr. President, student loan forgiveness. I like that one. Boom. Let's do it. That's very generous of you. I was thinking exactly. the same goddamn thing. Exactly. But I'd be like, and just for me. <laughs> Kyle, uh, for those of you who don't know, Kyle and I, we just got done with our PlayStation acquiring Bungie episode. So if you're wondering where's the Bungie talk, that is the episode prior to this one. And honestly, Kyle, that's an episode I've listened back to because I just enjoyed our conversation. It's a good show. Good hour-long discussion on just one topic. It was great. A lot of people going, we know who Wishbone is. And apparently, (laughs) still kicking. That makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. (laughs) He's still kicking. He's still solving clues and riddles and shit. I forgot Uh, who it was. I think it was Green Gorilla in the Discord. mm -hmm. But the gif he used for Wishbone, it was Wishbone, this dog, shooting a bow and arrow (laughs) at like a horse or something. It's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Wishbone's the best. Oh my God, absolutely, absolutely. So again, that episode prior this one we're going to talk about a little bit more of it uh but in terms of playstation's plans to reveal 10 live service games from now to march 2026 four years 10 of these games why playstation 4 is currently outselling the PlayStation 5, our Dying Light review, and Kyle, uh, I am so sorry here, bud. So sorry to be the one that tells you this, but uh, Suicide Squad's getting a delay. Mm. All that and more on this week's episode of The Trophy Room. Before we get into it, a little bit of housekeeping for you guys. Again, if you rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, uh, share us your review on Twitter or via Discord at Mr. Babbitt or at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. 
you're entered to win a copy of Horizon Forbidden West. That giveaway ends on the 14th. And if you're like, ah, I'm not a big fan of Horizon, I, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is, but I still love PlayStation. Well, guess what? Maybe you're a From Software fan. And you go, I really like a copy of the Elden Ring on the house where you rate us five stars over on Spotify and you share that review with us the same way I just mentioned. And bam, you get entered to win a copy of Elden Ring. So that said, we also have our Elden Ring and Horizon merch out currently on our storefront. People are loving them. If you're a gold patron, uh, you're getting them for free. So make sure you message me with your size. And because of this, you know, gosh darn global supply chain, they're going to come to you a little late. So our apologies on that, but it is what it is. Uh, that said, I want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash PS trophy room. Of course, the thing we always say, the thing we always mean, if we ever got you through a long car ride, tough day at work, tough day at home, whatever your situation is, it really does mean a lot. If you toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS trophy room, even if it is just a buck, it really does help keep the lights on. I literally just paid for a pod bean RSS feed license. So I'm telling you guys, this stuff really does help. And we have some big plans that we'll be revealing in the next few weeks only because of your generosity. So I want to thank our newest patrons, Kay Grimm, who upgraded to the Silver Plus tier, Elo, who is our Silver Plus tier patron, Stephen Flesh at the Silver Plus tier patron, and Kevin Billington. Thank you all so much. I want to thank our Platinum producers, Todd Burowitz and Too Soon and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, Spam and Bam and Too Soon, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, Awesome Dave, Robbie Bobby Miller, Struble and Bits, and Chaotic Monkey. And I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Naka Chaka. Marcus O'Neill, oh, it's just right. JB the Purple Monkey, Jedis Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Todd Roper, Brenton Zachary, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Good Sir, Trucker Sloth, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Annie Day now, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Max Vigia, and the Lord Commander Corgi. Thank you all so much for keeping the show up and running as you do each and every week. We thank yeah. you so much for your generosity at patreon.com slash PS trophy room. Now, Kyle, listen, all that good convos out of the way. Yeah. It's time to finally square up the news. First bit of news that needs to be squared up is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. PlayStation plans to launch more than 10 live service games before March 2026. Sony will launch more than 10 new live service games over the next four years, it has said, just days after announcing its $3.6 billion Bungie buyout bid. Speaking as part of an investor presentation transcribed by Eurogamer, Sony exec Hiroki Totoki said Bungie would aid PlayStation in this major expansion of live service game development. Quote, the strategic significance of this acquisition lies not only in obtaining the highly successful Destiny franchise, as well as major new IP Bungie is currently developing, but also incorporating into the Sony group the expertise and technologies Bungie has developed in the live game services space, end quote, Totoki said. We intend to utilize these strengths when developing game IP at PlayStation Studios as we expand into the live game services area. Through close collaboration between Bungie and PlayStation Studios, we aim to launch more than 10 live service games by the fiscal year ending 
March 2026. Now, that is, again, as someone who suffered from insomnia last night and saw this earning call, not because they genuinely wanted to, but because they had nothing else to do. <laughs> um, I saw a lot of people's immediate reaction as this is a cause for concern. Mm-hmm. This is PlayStation. We we know them for God of War. We know them for Horizon. We know them from Uncharted and Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima, all these awesome single-player experiences. And all of a sudden, it seems like we're going to get a flood of live service games that PlayStation isn't particularly known for. So the first question comes from Lord Corgi, uh, and he touches on something we'll get to in just a sec, but he goes, according to what we're hearing, from quarter three, Sony's earnings call uh, is to launch 10 live service games by 2026. Do you see this as a cause for any concern? I think as long as they still bring mm, Corgi, I expect yeah, Corgi, uh, banger story based single player games from PlayStation Studios, I see these live service games being used to generate more revenue to fund those large budget PlayStation masterpieces. That's see, that's the word I like. Masterpieces. Yeah. Elegance. Yeah. Decorum. Kyle, are you concerned like Lord Corgi here? Or, or or is there cause to be concerned as a PlayStation fan? But honestly, I am a little concerned. Yeah. I, I'm not, I won't lie about it. And it, it's not because of PlayStation being known for single player games. Um, which they are, and I I have no doubt that we are not going to get those single player experiences like that's obvious um my issue is 2026 that's a four-year span from now right you're telling me there's gonna be 10 live service games that are going to be within those four-year period and what i understand is live service games is they want you to be playing every day Uh they want you to be in that ecosystem so if there are 10 concurrent live service games happening through the PlayStation Studios umbrella or whatever it may be within four-year period, how well are they going to do individually Mm. if they're all going to be overlapping? Like, you can't... Like, do you see yourself playing two hours in this live service game and then another two in this other one and then another one and hopping between them all? It just seems to be a little much, and then I'm afraid because... I'm afraid the execs will see that and be like, oh, this was a failed thing. Let's, you know, maybe mm-hmm. lay off the that that multiplayer team or let's not give them enough funding for the next game or not as much. Like right. similar to like the Days Gone 2 situation. Like, I don't want that to happen because they are I feel like it's the that TikTok meme of uh that's enough slices. Have you seen that one or heard no, that one? No. <laughs> it's it's some guy watching another uh person cutting up a pizza. Uh-huh. And he's just cutting up the slices and he just keeps going. Oh, and he God. goes, that's enough slices. And he just keeps yelling it over and over again. <laughs> so we're like this thin. Yeah. Uh, it's just like they they plan to fix a problem of not yeah. having any multiplayer S things. And now it seems they've overplanned. Mm. And that makes and that's what makes me a little worried. I'm not worried. I think, uh, you know, we kept on asking this question of like, Look, games are getting more expensive to make, right? How how do we realistically pay for all of them? Um, and I think 
look, Sony knows what is going to get you through the door. Um, God of War, Horizon, right? Those are those are games that people are excited to play. Spider-Man, that's a game that people are excited to play only on PlayStation, right? What's going to keep you in that ecosystem? Let's just say, God forbid, Call of Duty is now a solely exclusive thing. What's going to now keep you here? Well, maybe it is, you know, a new IP out of... I don't know what, maybe it's the twisted metal remake. Maybe it's sure. a kill zone reboot or a SOCOM that people have been clamoring for. Maybe it's those things, right. Um, that are going to keep people there. And I think when we think live service, it automatically means, um, games as service. Right. So sure. I, I that's think that's what I thought. Yeah. So like I, I think of, and I'm sorry for people that get upset at me. I'm going to say the G word. When I think of Microsoft's Game Pass, there are a lot of games as service games in that service, and they're not necessarily eating into each other. So, mm. like, you have your Halo Infinites, you have then your Sea of Thieves, you have your Sea of Thieves, you have your Gears of War, right? You have your Gears of War, you have your Forza. All these games have live service implementations to them and their own microtransactions in them but they don't deter from the main or most of them don't deter from the main reason why you're there or deter from the gameplay experience of those things so as long as the games that are coming out are diverse like yeah you have a car combat you have a first person shooter you have your own battle royale as long as the array of options are varied i don't think it's the worst thing in the world if that means Okay, so we have, again, let's think synergy here. We have Horizon Forbidden West, and it's great. Well, now let's introduce you to that Horizon MMO we've all been talking about. And it's different, but it plays into the same universe, and you get sucked into it. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I'm kind of thinking when it comes to the, the services. So I'm not scared of that, honestly. But, but even with that, like you just said, sucked into it. Yeah. For how long until the next live service game comes around? I feel like as long as you're being served as a gamer, mm -hmm. that question's irrelevant. Yeah. Okay. Because if, again, not every game is going to be for everyone. That's fair. I, it, it's just, I, I'm just thinking of like, in my mind, I'm thinking of Factions 2 and then uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima right. multiplayer. And then. But, and right off the bat, like just using those two examples, Kyle. Yeah. Two totally different multiplayer oh, they, games. They are totally different, yes. But to me, I'm just thinking, I guess this is a selfish thought, just me with my own time mm -hmm. of like, which one am I going to dedicate my time to for that day? The right? one you're and enjoying if, the most. I, yeah, but like, what if I'm enjoying both and I, f I feel like I'm juggling too much? between the other types of games that I play. Like it feels a little bit too much like a big time commitment because I want to play those things, but I, think, I don't know. I think it's just a little bit of a fear you have. Cause I do fair. this all the time. That's fair. like I'll carry Luke Allure friend of the show <laughs> in, you know, in oh, you Halo said friend of the show. I, he's paying oh, me to say that. He's paying me to right? say that. His mother's paying me to say that. Yeah. Um, he's like, please, she's like, please be nice to my boy. And she gives <laughs> me a fat old kiss on the mouth. Anyway. Um, so I carry him in Halo, and then I'm like, you know what? Let's go to Fortnite. I'll carry you in Fortnite. And then, 
you know, once then the next second they're like, hey, could you carry us and see a thieves? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so we'll bounce from game to game. I don't think it's Fair. like that. It's just it's just like what mood or what flavor that you're into that night. You're like, I mean, I'm in the, the mood for a big slice of Fortnite. And uh, maybe okay. in a slice for some kill zone. That's what I'm sure. I'm thinking when it comes to these these services. I, I get why people are, are scared of them. I really do. Um because it, it, you another, think of your Fortnites and your war zones. Yeah. yeah. And I think the difference with those, uh, uh something I just popped in, those have had more time to breathe in between each other. Yes. The I think the four years and ten in within those four years, it's it, a lot. As long as you're planning them out, and first off, those games are going to get pushed, and we don't know oh, the scope yeah, of which, yeah. Four right? years, like, ballpark yeah. four years. Ballpark of. it. So, like, for example, right now, if we just take a look at the hiring list, you got uh, a multiplayer game being made from Sucker Punch, a multiplayer game made from Naughty Dog, a multiplayer game made by Gorilla, a multiplayer game made by Insomniac, by Fire Sprite. Firewalk. Uh, Firewalk, Haven. Deviation. deviation right off the bat those are eight and now and now you have bungie and now bungie that's nine yeah so you got you got a lot of these studios making different things again like if the rumors are right and who knows i mean i just saw one of the best star wars i've ever seen so anything's possible <laughs> um you know insomniac's making a multiplayer marvel thing right you got rumors from months months back okay that's really rad. Maybe it's like an ultimate alliance type of deal, but Ooh. this time on PlayStation and running mm-hmm. really great and not framey. Um, into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Who knows? That's awesome co-op thing. And then maybe Gorilla's actually working on a SOCOM, and that's a third-person shooter thing, and that's a competitive shooter. So, like, you're you're getting a little taste of everything. That's and fair. I think the one thing that we're missing here is they get to do this, because I know what some people may be thinking. PS3 era, PlayStation tried a lot of ideas. A lot of ideas. Hey, remember Mag? I remember that one round of Mag I played, yeah. Remember (laughs) Warhawk? Warhawk was a big one for them. Yeah, and though those are beloved and cult classics, they didn't hit. They all kind of tanked, right? Now PlayStation has the tools, the literal tools, the literal team from Bungie, to help teach their teams of how to implement these changes all the way from net code to marketplace of how to treat the customer right and how they can learn from Bungie's mistake of when and and when they haven't treated them right. So like to me, I think this is a win-win. If you are PlayStation, you're getting a huge win out of Bungie because you're getting all the information and tech that you need from them. While at the same exact time, you are now building from the ground up these games that are implementing, you know, these features from a, an already very successful brand. So, mm. yeah, it's, this, there's a reason why Sony overpaid for Bungie. And it's to me, it's about this partnership. More than oh, anything. I don't I don't know if they overpaid. I mean, Michael Pactor said they did, but Michael Pactor yeah. says a lot of things. Sure. Um, can I, can yeah. I point something else out about this? Sure. And I don't know if this is the translation yeah. of the quote from Hiroki Totoki, but he said, obtaining the highly successful Destiny franchise, as well as major new IP Bungie is currently developing. When I yeah. hear obtaining, I think ours. It is that theirs. I know, but like that goes against multi-plat, independent kind of thing. That, that, that's the only thing that kind of... 
I I definitely think, and this is going to be one where I'll probably be wrong, but I'll die on this hill. I definitely think a lot of these uh, live service games are going to be multi-platform. Mm. Because I think... Meaning uh, PC? Meaning PC and possibly other consoles. Wink, wink, okay. nudge, nudge. Like, do you uh, think Faction 2 will be uh, Xbox or anything like that? Why or not? No? Okay. Why not give why not give uh, why not just give them a taste an appetizer if you will <laughs> you give them some half apps and then they come for the full course meal um because I think the most important thing to a live service game and I think you know a lot of games have kind of learned this is you need to maximize your audience maximize your reach you need people everywhere playing this so that you know this isn't like an overwatch situation where you're just in a queue for eight minutes waiting for your game. I think that would be the death of these, these games more than anything. So by just limiting it to just a platform, I don't think is the smartest move when you can have it all. And at the same exact time, tease other fan bases of like, Hey, look at what we got over here. Hey, is it this cool after all? Look at the, all these golf clubs over at the last of us. Like, stop it. <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I know it sounds crazy, but again, Two weeks have proven everything's out the window. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, again, I, I know people are about to like jump off the rooftops. Everything's going to be fine. That. Yeah. Don't. Everything's going to be good. Yeah. You know, so it, to me, it's, it's, this is great. And even uh, Shinobi online uh, prefaced this while it was going out. They're like, this is only good news because they are, pl- PlayStation knows their bread and butter. They, they know you really love Horizon and God of War. So trust me when they say this, those single-player games are staying. Oh, These yeah. services games are are cementing those games or, or, or funding those games to exist while mm-hmm. putting the foundation on Spartacus. Sure. So yeah, ain't nothing yeah. wrong here, man. It's good. Yeah, no, all good. Life is good. We got a Star Wars. It's great. We got a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, enough of this live service shenanigans. Anything else you wanted to say before we move on? Nah, we're yeah. good. All right. We're good. All right. Uh, next go. bit of news that needs to be squared up is from Joe Scrabbles over at IGN. Sony forced to cut its PS5 sales forecast by millions of units. Sony is expecting to sell fewer PlayStation 5 units in the current financial year than previously forecasted. The company slashed its forecast by millions of units due to ongoing component shortages. Sony had previously expected to sell more than 14.8 million PS5s by March 2022, a number that would have seen the console exceed PS4s on sales in its second financial year on the market. The company is now no longer expecting to be able to reach that level of supply and is now forecasting 11.5 million sales for the year. Quote, unfortunately, said CFO Hiroki Totoki in a quarter three earnings call, due to limitations on the supply of components, especially semiconductors, and an increase in delivery times resulting from the from the disruption of the global distribution supply chain, we have revised our fiscal year 21 unit sales forecast for PS5 hardware to 11.5 million units, end quote. Totoki added that the supply constraints are likely to continue. Quote, limitations on the supply of components are expected to continue going forward, but we are continuing to exert every effort to meet the strong demand for PS5, end quote. 
In an earnings call Q&A, Totoki explained that the company hopes to be able to catch up from the short-term impact of these shortages. Later, he said, quote, We are working closely with our partner companies supplying us with components, collaborating, negotiating, and working with them closely. We hope we can make that happen, but in terms of PS5, I think it's safe to say that we will continue to have supply disruption in terms of the components globally because of the distribution problems and so on. So we can't say for sure what is exactly the demand for next year, end quote. Totoki added that he thinks it's good for the company to maintain high sales targets in the future despite those issues. Mm. So, Kyle, uh, PlayStation 4... Still, they're they're still they're on track of best selling console, right? PlayStation yeah. Five lagging a little a bit behind, but it's just because of this shortage, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the console. Nothing with Sony saying anything wrong. Same yeah. with Xbox right now; they are having a trouble. You know, though their console is very successful of getting enough on store shelves when it comes to the Series Xs. So to uh, on one hand, this is this is a sucky situation because this is yep. one more year. It seems like after this year, this uh, things get get better, which is I great so. to hear. Uh, there's they're literally building plants in America, which is awesome. You should be doing that in the first place, not just leveraging only one area to do everything. Nonetheless, awesome to see that. Hopefully, within the next year, this will this will get solved. It sucks in the meantime, though. And it goes back to Corgi's question. And I, and I want to get your answer on this. This is a question straight out of my old noggin. Uh-huh. Is this the reason why, you know, this week Jim Ryan said, you've seen us go multi-platform. That's our quote-unquote direction. I'm paraphrasing. Mm. Um, you know, this is, we're, we're trying to go beyond the console. Do you think that this has accelerated whatever Spartacus was going to be? Do you think it's changed it that this is this this is evolving because of this? That's interesting. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if they want, would commit to such a long term huge change to try to shore up a short term problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like this supply shortage, which is a big deal yeah. and is impacting everybody. But eventually it's going to get better. So to say that we are focused on multi-platform and putting our things everywhere just to placate the issues in the short term, Mm -hmm. I don't see if that's the case. But I do think they need to – I do think they sped up a little bit to kind of like make the the downer of not finding a console a little bit easier for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great answer, Kyle, because to me, I've seen a lot of people go, does this accelerate Spartacus because of this? I definitely think this points them in the direction of, okay, you know what? It's better if we start this service faster than than we originally planned on, because who knows? Maybe this, this shortage kind of continues on to the year after, maybe even the year after that, or just kind of giving ourselves an assurance of extra money that we could tack on to a subscription service is going to maybe help alleviate some of our woes. But to me, I I do think at the end of the day, PlayStation likes to sell uh, 
boxes more than subscriptions still to this day until those dozens of goddamn live service games come out yeah. and prove us otherwise. It's like the old school flashy number. Look yeah. at all the things that I the, that I sold. Yeah. Like the actual physical things that I, I, I put out there and people bought. Yeah. So to me, you know, I, I just want to caution everybody to panic, uh, you know, or not to panic because this is just temporary. Cautiously Cautious, panic, everybody. Cautiously panic. Look around and Listen, then freak out. Go to a store. Just walk around <laughs> in a tiny circle, like whisper screaming. Yep. Just cautiously oh panic. There's no PS5. Like something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then get thrown out of that Sears. Um, <laughs> Sears. What a pull. What a pull. What a, yeah. what a pull. They throw the old 90s catalog <laughs> at you, too. Um, Remember the Wiz? Did you have the Wiz? I had the Wiz. We had one Wiz. Hey, nobody beats the Wiz. Well, someone did because they're out of business. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, you know, PlayStation ain't going to go out of business anytime soon. They they look at this as, oh, yeah, no, no, no. This isn't great. We want to be somewhere else. But this is. This is the, the 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 constant that we find ourselves in. Hopefully, in the next year, things will improve. My one question is for you, Kyle. Where do you think they would have been? Right. That's a that's a that's an interesting question because I will bounce another question back to you. Yeah, go for it. If it wasn't for the global condition, yeah, would there be that many consoles sold in the first place? Or because people are so stuck inside, they would just bought it just to have something to do i mean i no i'd speed it up a little bit i think i think playstation 5 would be selling like hotcakes like i i think they would be selling millions of more uh consoles because the ps4 came in so hot yeah i don't know if if the scalping situation would be as bad yeah no i think i think that would have been greatly alleviated by now Mm. you know uh here's a here's a question I'll, i'll i'll bounce off you good sir if if you if you like it oh good sir is a community member i'm not good, oh, good sir sure uh i'm a good person <laughs> good gentleman <laughs> gentleman now i totally forgot um oh. but yeah no i i i i think when it comes to this situation i see you know again people kind of freak out about this as well just settle down yeah. everything's gonna be fine Hey, we good. We're good. And if I remember that question, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. But yeah, I mean, it said, does it does sting that there's still no end in sight for people that don't have a console. That 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 rat race yeah. is still going to continue, and I, that sucks. I found the question. Yeah. Um, do you think if again none of this happened, a we'd be talking about playing God of War right now instead of Horizon? Like Horizon would have been year one. How much? Yes. How much of? How much of this? You know, first two years uh-huh. has just changed because of this. A lot. A lot. A whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. I. I would have. I. I was on record thinking Horizon would have been a launch game. Yep. I think we would have had God of War already. Yeah. I think we would have had Gotham Knights already. Yeah. Like Dying Light Two would have been a last year game. Like How, a lot. Do you changed. think this makes it now we're going to see more cross gen games for the next year or two? I actually, that's a good question. I think they might push it back to like the next round of PlayStation Studios titles, or at yeah. least, or at least suggest that they do a PS4 yeah version of their games. Which is a bit of a bummer because I then I feel like this generation is going to be just like what the seventh gen. It's going to be really long. 
Yeah. It's going to be a long one. But hey, what can you do? You know? Can't change it. You can't change a thing. But you know what you can change? What? PlayStation Party Check, because it's awful. So let's talk about this <laughs> Discord integration and why it's kind of harshing my vibes. Andy Robinson over at VGC writes, Discord is officially rolling out on PlayStation consoles today. Eight months after the announcement of the planned partnership between Sony and the messaging platform, Discord confirmed on Monday that support is, quote, gradually rolling out, end quote, to U.S. users with additional countries to follow. Quote, if you've ever connected your Discord account to another service that allows you to display your activity, it works similarly here, the firm explained. Once your Discord account is linked, the game you're currently playing on either PS4 or PS5 will be shown as your activity just like that, end quote. And my reply is, is that it? Cool. (laughs) Awesome. Dave writes in with the discord integration rolling out. What banger features? God damn it, Dave. Come on. You know, let it die. Let it die. Anyway, do you guys want to see or really hoping to see something more than this, man? Yeah, I, I don't. I think we were all excited because yeah, it would take over the party chat and yeah. I I think the We're waiting. The idea, the hopes of having our community Discord yeah. being able to like just be on the PlayStation and being able to hop into a voice chat with everybody as we're playing games and whatnot, I think would be so cool. Yeah. But I I, I don't know if it's that in depth. I don't I is this all it is? And here's is- the thing. I'm a big dumb idiot. I I, I saw I think uh Cade on, on PSN. Shout out to you, brother. He was just like, Hey man, um you didn't you didn't turn your profile to private. I, I see you're playing oh, dialing yeah. too. Uh yeah. we'll keep yeah. this I'll keep this secret. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. And then I did it again. They're like, Hey man, uh you done did it. I'm like, Well I see <laughs> I see other people have it like they're playing this game, so uh-huh. I don't know. But like now I gotta make sure I'm checking that off at Discord as well. That's a lot of things I gotta remember. Well, there, I'm a big there, idiot. There's a thing you can do in settings where you can choose which games are shown. Mm. Which is what I did with the game that I can't talk about yet. Hmm. Very interesting. interesting. Uh Kinzoku writes in, I'm I'm happy with what they have at least. But didn't they claim a partnership? They kind of made it sound like we would get more than what they have done for various other platforms already. I do hope that this is just the start of the partnership and that they fully integrate the Discord app into the PlayStation similarly to Spotify. That is literally what I want. I want a Discord button. Yes. I access it. It's a quick menu to the our server. I jump into the general chat, and literally, I'm talking to people while I'm gaming. Like that is just such yeah. a convenient thing. Awesome for our community, and you know, I, I I just think that would be such a better system than what we currently have with the PlayStation Five because that party system's a mess. I, I would even love, and it works pretty great on PS Five. But the uh, share the game screen between friends, like what we've yes. got to stream, if that is integrated to like a Discord call mm-hmm. where we can share a screen with everyone and everyone can watch That'd somebody really play dope. within Discord, I think that would be super, super yeah. cool. That also just sounds difficult. Oh, it <laughs> sounds yeah. very difficult. But, but yeah, yeah, like that would be really awesome. That would be super dope. I mean, Discord already has a share screen option. 
Yeah. But like through network, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I got a lizard brain. I'm real dumb. <laughs> uh, the Green Gorilla Gamer writes in, what do you want to see integrated to fr- into PlayStation from Discord the most and how? This isn't to say that this is solely a feature that would be added. It should all be added. Voice chat, I think, is the key one that people are willing to bring up. But it will also be cool to see notifications pop up from you, Joe, about the latest episode being released uh, and then switching over to Spotify. That would be really awesome. That would be cool. Like, hey, you know, um, yeah, like getting pings, like message pings of like, I got a message from Discord or being able to mute it, being able to put uh, uh, streamer mode on so that I essentially do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot that you can do with it. I, I would even go again. Might be too hard, and Discord hasn't shown that they they do this with anybody else. But I would love to have a like trophy leaderboard among Discord friends. Oh, that would be really cool. That get updated as like a leaderboard of who got the most trophies during yeah. this month or whatever, and have like actual like competitions and whatnot among those things. That'd be super. That'd dope. be cool. That'd be dope. Well, again, let's hope that there's something, um, something coming, you yeah. know? Let's yeah. hope. With that said, Kyle, let's get into the next story on the list. Good, sir. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, Joe, I need to know where this is from. Oh, this is from IGN. This is from IGN. Oh, it's fine. Uh, Sony's MLB The Show 22 making Switch debut, landing on Xbox Game Pass again. Sony San Diego Studios MLB The Show will make its Nintendo Switch debut this year with MLB The Show 22. Additionally, the game will release day one on Xbox Game Pass for the second year in a row, leaving PlayStation players to pay $70 and $60 on the PS5 and PS4 respectively. The Switch version will cost $60 like its PS4 counterpart. Sony has confirmed that MLB The Show 22 will support cross-platform play, cross-saves, and cross-progression across all platforms. Thanks to this, you can use any of the content you've earned on any platform, except for features exclusive to the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S, like Stadium Creator. Cross-saves will allow players to transfer Road to the Show and franchise mode save files across consoles. Los Angeles Angels' Shohei Otani graces the cover of MLB The Show 22. Quote, it has been said, the man on top of the mountain didn't fall there, Sony wrote. Otani might seem like an overnight success here in the U.S., but he's been climbing the impossible mountain since his teenage years, attending Hanamaki Higashi High School in Japan. After having one of the greatest seasons in the history of Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani was really the only obvious choice to grace the cover of MLB The Show 22, end quote. Before I, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, this was not for my GM. My apologies. Sermina okay. Khan over at PSI Style. My apologies. Perfect. I got uh, distracted. Someone's yelling in the room, <laughs> and I got no decorum. I, I got no I decorum. Just, get get the get the gavel out. Uh, no, I got the broom. I'm like hitting the wall. Like, <laughs> Come on, you crazy kids. Yeah. Uh, additionally, today they announced the different editions. Oh, okay. Um, there is no uh, collector's edition that comes with a hat this year. Wow, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah, um, I know that's your shtick. That is my thing. Uh, but they did announce that the MVP edition, which I believe is eighty nine ninety nine, uh-huh. uh, comes with a super dope steelbook of Shohei drawn in a famous anime from a famous anime artist. Uh, it oh, looks really, cool. really cool. Uh, in addition to some really cool 
pre-order bonuses like stubs and packs and whatnot. Um, interesting to note that the digital deluxe version mm. uh, is $99.99, which is more expensive than the MVP that comes with the special steelbook and has more stubs and more pre-order bonuses or not even pre-order bonuses, more bonuses that come with it mm. than the physical version, which means, Shows me that my physical media days are even fastly approaching its end. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. But this well, is dope. I'm very excited. Yeah. I like the MVP edition. That is a dope It's very cover. cool steelbook, right? Yeah, that's a really dope steelbook. And I don't know if you know about Shohei uh, mm-hmm. Otani. I was going to say, could you tell me who he is? What position? Shohei Otani, I'm pretty sure he won unanimously, unanimously the uh-huh. AL MVP this year. He not only hits bombs for home runs. He is also one of the best pitchers in the league. He pitches oh. and plays in the field and hits. Like he is he's just a, an all around. He's a beyond mega superstar. He's wow. incredible. Um, yeah. So Shohei is a great pick for the cover. I love cross saves. I miss the show version on the Vita. I would play that all the time on the go. So the fact that it's coming to the Switch, I love that. I'll play. Are that you gonna double dip? Oh, absolutely! I will because <laughs> uh, the again the cross progression is super cool. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing two different things on both. I can just stick with my hopefully road to the show carries and progresses that way. It's not just Diamond Dynasty stuff, yeah. but like I'll I'll continue my my player's career from home at my couch, and then when I'm at work, I'll bring my Switch and play a couple games on break. Yeah. Like that's that's the dream. I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> That's so awesome. Excited. I I'm just a little like I'm a little apprehensive because we don't like they announced it. First off, let's talk about because th- this the is Times crazy. Square thing. Yeah, it's an MLB the show thing. They go pretty all they go all out for this. No, no, no I'm, I'm talking about like the news that would have been the news if it wasn't for the Bungie acquisition. We saw PlayStation Studios on a Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, yeah. How the turntables, <laughs> you know. <laughs> What well, in the hell? We knew that was happening from the. the I know, but it's ago. just like you're actually seeing it now. It's like yeah. official. Yeah. Um, it's just talk about bring it back to the live service games. Yeah, this is going to be everywhere, and they're going to make a ton of money yeah. with the in-game stubs and whatnot. That's going directly to PlayStation. So I'm totally fine having and, it go everywhere. And now, hopefully, they understand the impact of like Game Pass and uh, Nintendo Switch, and those servers yeah. will actually be better this time around because yeah. i know they were rough for the first uh couple of weeks because those xbox freeloaders wanted a little taste <laughs> they wanted a taste of of of, of a Kyle's good bat. baseball game finally you know yeah um so yeah no awesome this guy seems pretty dope and uh, awesome. i'm happy he's for you really man. Cool. Thanks. it just sucks you didn't get your hat i'm gonna yeah, blame the I, global supply supply chain i want to i want to actually uh, i'm going to try to pull up the ps blog to see the actual wording because they they had it like italicized mm. and like in a lower third of like, like with an asterisk. There's no hat this year. Sorry, hashtag bummer, hashtag <laughs> harshing my vibes. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, this one's just for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle, would you like me to read the next story for you? Yeah, if you want. All right. Final Fantasy VII directors share the 25th anniversary message promising even more new projects. This comes from Ed Nightingale over at uh, Eurogamer. A reveal for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is due this year. 
Yoshihori Kitashi uh, is speaking during an anniversary event in Japan. They said the following. We are hard at work on Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Oh, that's so dope. So please look forward to that. In addition, in regards to the long-awaited Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Dose, uh, there will be more information, ellipses, this year if we can he said. With regards to the remake sequel being revealed this year, he said, well, yeah, we just uh, started the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, so we wanted to celebrate to get fans excited. So within the next 12 months, we want to share some information. Look forward to more information. Uh, really quickly. Yes. The uh, the thing with the MLB The Show in the, mm-hmm. in the blog post says, uh, unfortunately, we are unable to offer a $99.99 physical collector's edition this year. While we understand this is disappointing, we are pleased to offer this anime edition of Otani-san, drawn by Takashi Okazaki, hmm. that honors the influence it's had on his phenomenal career. And that's awesome. all it says about that, which is fine. But yeah. Hopefully next year they bring it back. I hope so. But how about this news? Does this, oh, does this get you? Does it make you forget about that dumb hat anyway? You didn't oh, even need absolutely! It? I am. I want a big giant sword. <laughs> I want the Buster Sword now. Yeah, man. where's that version of the game? Oh, uh, I'm so so excited for that. I'm actually super excited for Ever Crisis Two, which is the uh, the cell shaded mobile version of mm. not cell shaded, but like new artwork and new right. way to tell the story of Final Fantasy Seven on mobile, which looks pretty cool. I'm so ready, Joe, to see yeah. more of remake. I've maybe that's why I'm breaking out in hives today. I'm very itchy <laughs> today because I'm just like I'm ready to see how they're going to take this story that I know so well and adapt in it. this direction that they're going at the ends of remake and Fair enough. seeing all the iconic villages and moments that I know are coming and how they're going to to see that in this version. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. When this, <laughs> when whenever this trailer drops, I'm going to be an emotional mess. Yeah. I'm so ready. I mean, I I think this again. Talk about like if we haven't been impacted by the things we've been impacted by. Yeah, uh-huh. we'd be celebrating this right now. I think instead of a blog post or like a Twitter post, it would have been the trailer and i think this is a nice way of them saying listen i get it we didn't want to celebrate the 25th anniversary this way either but we're working on it where we acknowledge you sometime hopefully this year i I like i I like the transparency and i'm excited too man because yeah yeah final fantasy 7 remake was a great game i i enjoyed myself with it so i'm looking forward to how they continue the story as well and seeing how the enhancements on ps5 now probably without ps4 would kind of mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. you know yeah kyle get ready for more crushing disappointment God. are you ready just, for this just really quickly yeah it just popped in my head please i think mm-hmm. that that was the game came out like at the beginning of everything we've lived yeah. through about the past few years oh, it was man. that it was doom eternal and animal crossing very yeah. close to each other and the stress I had because my GameStop closed, remember? And I couldn't go get my pre-orders. <laughs> yes. They just yes. shut down. And then uh, I think you even get you gifted me the digital version yep. or something like that. I was like, man, what a wild time. It's I can't believe it's been that long. And we're it's, still in it. Kind it's of been it's it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, this is gonna be a great two weeks. I got Doom, <laughs> I got Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it lasts a month, I even got this Final Fantasy. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um that said, all right, more for more more crushing realities here for a sec. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad has been oh, quietly sorry. delayed. Flash juice. Oh yeah, flash juice. <laughs> Gotta run fast. Uh, Suicide Squad from Rocksteady delayed to 2023. Jason Schreier writes. Warner Media has quietly delayed Rocksteady Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League until 2023. According to people familiar to the development, Rocksteady's last major game was Arkham Knight, and that came out in June 2015, nearly seven years ago. Oof. I will... Bummer, but I will wait until an official announcement. Okay. Just and you also call him like Jason a liar because I'll block you yeah. on Twitter if you are. Jason, you can block me. It's fine. No hard feelings. You do what you got to do, boo boo. Uh, <laughs> I it, it it would be a bummer not to have it, but I I hope it'd be even more of a bummer if Gotham Knights doesn't hit this year, which I hope it does. I think like, that that is the one that's planned. Yeah, and I also believe Hogwarts Legacy is also planned slated okay. for. It. 2022 and i know and how like, excited you are for did. that that's a little dick that's a little dick Can't stop i don't dig at your things i'm gonna buy it just to spite you oh i hate, I hate you <laughs> um oh, they, they also like did phone. arkham vr which yeah. i think was yeah oh god was that yeah that was what 2016 doesn't make it yeah. better <laughs> no it doesn't make it better but yeah i rock cities are, are good. They're good people. They know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And I think it's just because of the global condition and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's another one. Here's one that I'm like, I don't have any faith in, but, and I love, I love that our discord's kind of teasing me about it too. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo uh, stream and release state revealed February 3rd, as of this podcast going out. So it's already live. Go check it out. Uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, you can watch the showcase on PlayStation's YouTube page uh, for Ghostwire Tokyo's uh, gameplay reveal. The game will launch March 25th, 2022. This is the last Bethesda game. The last one. It's Ghostwire Tokyo. Why are you so down on it? There still has not been one compelling trailer of what this game actually is. Sure. Is it a horror game? Is it an action game? What is it? What's going on? Why am I just doing weird hand signals? It, uh-huh. it's, nothing entices me of what I'm seeing here. Okay. That's fair. I I mean, I'm sort of with you. I was taken aback when we first saw it, and it was that first-person perspective. Um, But I'm excited to see the gameplay tomorrow. I'm ex- I mean, I, I'm going to come in with an open me. mind. Yeah, yeah. that surprised me. All right. And Gran Turismo 7. <laughs> it's like a Mario Kart 8. <laughs> and then you have to pick the Splatoon uh, characters or else you're a piece of shit. Anyway. <clears throat> no, Yoshi uh, for life. Yoshi. Yeah, dude. Gran Turismo 7, state of play reactions and breakdown. Um... We're not car guys. We did a no. stream with uh, with some of the fans over at PS Showroom on Twitch. Um, you know, I came, came around going, oh, yeah, looks neat, but, like, there's nothing pushing me towards this game. I kind of came off a little muted towards it because I'm not a racing guy. You're not a racing guy. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I, I came off, you know, 
going, okay, I still don't know if I'm going to pick up this game. It looks on the, nice. On the flip but, side, still impressed by it. Yeah. Still impressed by what it's offering, how much there's in it. It seems like if you love cars, you love the history of cars, you're going to be extremely happy with this game. Yeah, it seems like if you're a motorhead, this is it. Because like, Absolutely. They, they literally got down to like the brake pad. It's like in 4K. Yeah. You and know? then even like a timeline of every historical car event. Yeah. And that photo mode, which is called Scapes. My God. Yeah. That's impressive. Looks nice. Looks yeah. really nice. Um, and from what I understand, you know, the community as well, really coming. They loved it coming together on this game a lot of positive uh convos that i've been seeing in dms and just in general it it seems like from what i've been told it's like a coming to form for the gran turismo series which is awesome to hear um because i think most fans were uh, were not upset but they were let down by sport yeah which was the last one and yes this seems like it is rectifying all the wrongs of that one awesome yeah. yeah. Uh, the one thing that I really liked was the weather and how they showed over time the wear and tear on like the tracks. I thought that was interesting. And the puddles forming in yeah. actual like spots where it's low laying land. Like that's cool. Yeah. I love the mode where you're racing against the music or with yes. the music. Like Oh, and the music. Come on. Music yeah. is great. Yeah, the soundtrack was phenomenal. Um I you know, I'll probably end up picking it up because I want to see the dual sense features and the 3D audio. I think is really exciting, knowing and hearing how the motor is going to be revving. Uh, awesome. So maybe I'll yeah. pick it up, but mm-hmm. I'm not expecting much because I'm not a simulation type of guy. Same. Yeah. yeah. But if you are, please let us know what is the feature that you're the most excited about. And also, please let us know any uh, Gran Turismo creators. We'd love to have them on the show and talk to yeah. them, whether it's like for a review discussion or just breaking down this game further. We'd love to have them on the Absolutely. show. So if you know any, please send them our way. That said, Kyle, um, are you hanging on to something? Yeah. Prepare the drop. You are the latest steals and deals coming from the PlayStation storefront. February 1st. Gun, gun, gun. A PS5 and PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Look that one up. <laughs> Look oh, it up. Man. We need that already. Uh, Life is Strange Remastered Collection on PlayStation 4. I'm hearing this is a buggy mess, and that makes me really oh, sad. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people post very janky photos of it and that makes me sad because those are great games and they deserve a lot better the catch-up story on playstation 5 and playstation 4 platinum all right within uh, 10 minutes within 10 minutes okay yeah. well you know what i'm gonna need that for the lost legacy all jokes aside because lost legacy uh on playstation 5 is just a dlc trophy list it doesn't have its own platinum oh and uh, that that goes against my religion. Trophies are my religion. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm gonna get a symbolic plat because Lost Legacy is better than Uncharted Four, and I said it, and I don't take it back. The fourth of February, Dying Light Two: Stay Human. Which stay tuned because we're about to talk about what you've been playing with our good friend Luke Lore, going in uh, deep with Dying Light Two. So hold on just a bit, but spoiler alert: I like it a lot. Uh, Maglam Lord on PlayStation Four. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we got this week. Cool. So pretty much just dying light too. Uh, gun, gun, gun. 
Gun, gun, gun. Is a frantic and fast-paced 2D arena shooter with an eye for details. Earn high score and increase the bounty on your head while fighting on a runaway train crawling with enemies. Ooh. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty neat. So that is, is you know, the drop this week. Uh, and with that said, before we go into the Sony Pony Express, we intro the segment that we always do each and every week, What You've Been Playing. This time, it's going to be a full review of Dying Light 2 with me and our good frenemy, Luke Lore, the show. So, past Joe, take it away. And now, on to What You've Been Playing. This week, I've been playing a little game called Dying Light 2, and with me to talk about it is my best worst enemy, Mr. Luke Lore, a.k.a. the Insipid Ghost from the Xbox Expansion Pass. How are you, sir? I'm doing so well. I'm so glad to join you, by the way, after we could talk Activision, we could talk Bungie. Nope. We're here to talk Dying Light Dose. Mm-hmm. This is I'm the excited. first big game of the year, man. It is. It Soak is. Soak it in. It is. After a month of news, now we have games, and that's dope. I know. I know. So first and foremost, our codes have been provided by the publisher Techland. Um, so just bear in mind with that if you want to take our opinions with a grain of salt. Um, but what we're going to do is try our best to have a spoiler-free discussion of the game, what we've played. I've played 35 hours of it, beaten the game just got to the end game portion. Um, and so we're going to talk about my experiences. I know we're going to shed a little bit of light on yours, Luke. And um, with that said, we're going to start with a brief synopsis of this game, mm-hmm. taking the role of Aiden Caldwell, an infected survivor looking for the cure in the city where the player encounters and has the choice to aid various factions that are based within the affected or are affected your outcome and gameplay. The game is set 15 years after the events of Dying Light, where the Haran virus has spread across the world and have evolved and plunged the civilization back into the modern Dark Ages. That comes from the Dying Light 2 wiki. That is a very, very brief overview of what this game is. It's a little bit deeper than that. Uh, Aiden is on a personal mission where he goes into the last city to get some answers revolving some of his backstory and the people affected there. That's his whole purpose. And he walks into an inner conflict between two factions, some sneaky characters at play and a whole lot bigger world implications Uh, of this story so right off the bat uh luke you have any questions for me when it comes to the story of this game yeah plenty man given that it is set 15 years after the events of the original dying light and that game was pretty much a cult classic very popular amongst a niche group of gamers and kind of rose in popularity uh joe i haven't played that game i own it i haven't played it yet would i have need to have played it to jump into dying light 2 perfect i i've played half of dying light one mm-hmm. and i thought it was a stellar game i never knew why i like kind of dropped off mm-hmm. but you don't need to know what's going on with this world or have played uh the first dying light to get into dying light too so okay if you're a newcomer don't worry about the the lore it'll fill you in with the first five minutes fills me in in the first five minutes and i'll get to know aiden uh did you identify with aiden at all because being that i haven't a reason to to know him i'm just curious about like is my hero a hero, an anti-hero? Tell me a little bit about Aiden. So the cool thing about the story is you get to make the choices 
of Aiden. So you're mm-hmm. kind of filling out the character of maybe what would he do or what would you do in that situation? Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about the story, what they try to do, and I think it's scaled a little bit down from the original introduction, is the world changes by the choices you make in the game. So there's two factions. Mm-hmm. Um, there are peacekeepers and then there are the the civilian faction, which I forget that it's coming. I forget the name of them because to be honest, both sides are kind of forgettable, mm-hmm. but um, there's two factions at play. One is the peacekeepers where they're all about order. And then you have the civilian faction that are all about just kind of not more like living within their means mm-hmm. um, and kind of just adapting to the world itself. And the choices you make, influence the world where if you choose the peacekeepers you're going to be having more traps in the world where you can lure infected too where if Mm -hmm. you choose the civilian population the bizarre folk um you're going to get more parkouring options in the game to help you traverse through the world so there are choices to fill aiden out as a character that go beyond just the character that influenced the world itself Mm mm-hmm well, you mentioned a lot of the parkour options, and we know that this story is taking place in a place called The City, which is kind of one of what the game describes as the last strongholds against the virus in this modern Dark Ages yeah. uh, version of a world. Uh, in some games like this, where they do tout the open world, they talk about this, the, the world itself being a character. Do you yeah. feel like it grows with you through the course of the story, given that your choices impact it? Yes, yes. There are there are two big areas of this game. Um, and I have to say the first area where it kind of feels a little lower to the ground is it's it it kind of has like I don't know what I would picture a London suburb to kind of feel like. Mm-hmm. Whereas the second area of this game has all these skyscrapers that you get to kind of parkour around or even paraglide down mm-hmm. on. So like the maps themselves are incredibly vertical uh, mm-hmm. also i do want to mention um the other factions called the survivor faction i just want to okay. put that out there so when we talk about map design i'm sure we can go back to the to the open world elements yeah. but do you did you find it imposing at all because it's one of the things that scares me about first person games uh yeah. where it's not just a shooter is that that first person element can be almost uh intoxicating or, or, or mess you up a little bit yeah any vibes there No, honestly, the strongest thing about this game is its open world. It Mm -hmm. is the traversal. Parkouring is just so much fun. And what I really dug about this game is the deeper you get into the story, the deeper the parkour mechanics become. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like in the beginning, it's just jumping through stuff, but then you get to these, you know, paragliding options where you can traverse the environment that way, where it doesn't necessarily feel like, you know, I'm fast traveling to my destination, you're still kind of actually finding out where you can land a parkour onto an object or Mm -hmm. run up against the wall or even like uh, grapple hooking onto things where you're swinging around like Spider-Man. Like they Mm -hmm. give you so many options to parkour, Mm -hmm. to travel that constantly keep you engaged. And honestly, it's the best thing. It feels so, so good. Okay, so I have to ask two two dreaded questions then. Okay. Given that you're using a paraglider and that you're using a grappling hook, how does it compare to other games of paragliders like Breath of the Wild or grappling hooks where you grapple and tackle with like in Halo Infinite or Titanfall 2? Grapple and tackle. Uh, uh, how does it compare to those ones? 
Yeah, no, nothing like Breath of the Wild here. What I will what? say is... Game of the I'm, Year or something or another? <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> what I will say is it, it's not like a cheat. Again, like I have to go back mm-hmm. to this. Does it feel like I'm missing anything by using the paraglider um, or like taking away from the, the world? You're using mm-hmm. it, it. It's still draining your stamina meter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't use it indefinitely. But it is stunning when you're literally falling from the highest peak yeah. and just gliding around. It's awesome. There's all vents to keep you elevated to maintain your stamina as well. So it's 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 really it's really fun. And when it comes to the grappling hook, it for me it took a little bit of getting used to. But once mm-hmm. you got used to it, uh, it's a it's really fun because it it also blends so well with the other parkour mechanics. Again, it's constantly keeping you engaged. Okay, so. This gets me excited because I was intimidated by that fact and and nervous to try it. Um, I will get to the VO cast and a bit of the story in just a moment. But since we're on the open world, yeah. uh, what is it that you're doing in there? And did you enjoy it? Because we talked a lot about like critical elements, but you were having fun as you flew around and, and checked all this stuff out. Yeah. So there's a lot to the open world and there's a lot of stuff going on. So if you get a little anxiety ridden uh, with all the pings on the map, this will get your anxiety a little bit up. Yes, I tried to 500 hours worth of pings to do. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like 500 <laughs> hours worth of pings. Okay. Um, so you're clearing camps, you're clearing outposts during the day. Um, the cool thing, the infected, right? Because this is a zombie game after all, mm-hmm. they roam around some of them during the day, but a lot of them are in the buildings, kind of like I am legend. Okay. So, yeah. So you upgrade you upgrade yourself. There's little like syringes that you upgrade yourself with. And they're usually in these dens or like materials that will help craft uh, upgrades or mods to your weapons mm-hmm. in these, in these dens that you have to break into. So you could go in during the day, but you're going to probably die. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll kind of come out at night and it'll give you a better opportunity to sneak in those dens mm-hmm. and find the materials you need, which is a lot of fun. Okay. Um, there's a lot of climbing windmills and, of course, radio towers. Think of like an Ubisoft game. Each one of these things are different as well. So, like, each windmill feels different. Each radio tower is different. Every area in this open world does not feel like a carbon copy. Okay. It's impressive the level of detail that went into each area, and that team needs a round of applause because they they killed it, man. It's awesome um and yeah a lot of different parkouring activities saving survivors or chasing down zombies or chasing down um thieves uh so there's always something in your purview to do while you're beelining through the story that get you distracted did you find yourself getting distracted out of enjoyment or did you want to crit path through. No, I didn't want to crit path, the path this game, man, but it was getting close to embargo. The mm-hmm. first day I literally, it took me like 35 hours to beat, but like at least six to eight of those hours was me getting lost in this world because I found oh. the world itself far more intriguing than the story. When the team announced that it was 500 hours, there was a lot of backlash and they were like, no, you can crit path it in 20. Uh, you did it in 35 was that ideal or were you pushing embargo? Would you have spent more time in the story? Yeah, I would have st- spent a little bit more time with the story for sure. I think this would have been a 40 hour experience for me. Easy. Gotcha. Um, well, that's good to hear. Yeah. But at the same exact time, I'm not like the biggest fan of the story. All right. So let's talk about that. It stars, yeah. uh, 
Miss Ahsoka, Rosario Dawson features yes. in this story. Yes. Uh, I have to know about her role because given that I only know Aiden from like press releases and hadn't played the first one, uh, and that we have these factions in this last city and they're, they're warring over materials and such. Um, tell me a bit about kind of the voice acting and how they deliver this story. Uh, does it ever cut out to third person is always first person. Give me what you got. Always first person. Okay. You're in the shoes of Aiden. He is the best piece of acting in this game. Mm hmm. Bar none. The story is serviceable. It is like a, you know, like Day of the Dead type of horror flick, if you could call it that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it gets weighed down by maybe its localization because some of the lines that these people are saying don't really make much sense. Um, and they use like really, they use really weird language to describe things or like, I don't know, like, a blind nut finds a squirrel twice a day type of lines. Like we know really weird folksy that. stuff. I know who says that yeah. weirdos yeah. do. So like, yeah. Is it, I, is it meant to, when they're doing that, are they writing that off as like, Oh, that's because this is the, the language that's changed with the world. Like, will lore nuts care about it? Or is this like, no, this is just awkward. No, it's just awkward. Okay. Um, I, I feel like some of the script is written really odd. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like some of the dialogue isn't the best. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like some actors like Rosario Dawson try to sell it really well. Mm -hmm. And some of them really just phone it in. So like the main bad guy, I beat this game. I can't remember his name. He is Ooh, that okay. forgettable of an, uh, of a, of a character mm -hmm. of a, of a, of a villain. Cause he's just one note and he just talks like this. Gotcha. And, okay. Uh, is it distracting? Find... It's distracting. Cause I'm now on Twitter instead of engage with this he's not menacing they're not menacing mm -hmm. um so there are some great voice actors in here it's just a lot of a mixed bag and i feel right. like that's the thing that's taking me out of the experience uh rosario's dawson's character um all i can say is she's intriguing because she has a hit list and that's all i can say so you're gotcha. like why is she, why is she here as well What's mm -hmm. her character all about? Um, even her, she has weird lines and moments that I can't really can't really pinpoint a point in the dialogue that kind of felt cringy, but it just didn't come off natural. Um, and maybe that's the effect of COVID. You don't have them in the, in the room with you. But sure. the other thing on, on top of that is the face capture just isn't there. So sometimes you're talking to someone and someone walks through the character like literally walks through them uh, sometimes like a lot of like hands going through jackets and stuff like that. Um, it's this game's a little bit rough around the edges. Think of it like think of, think of it like, you know, a Bethesda game, that mm -hmm. type of, uh, you know, jank that doesn't take away from the overall experience, but does, you know, chink the armor a little bit there. Well, Techland's not exactly known for for super polish. I mean, the first yeah. Dying Light had its own issues. Uh, I want it. Was it Techland that made Dead Island? No, I'm just panicking. Yes, they were the original devs of that. And uh, for fans of that series, you're gonna you, you, there's there's some there's some fan service for sure. Okay, well, that's on the good lookout to hear, for some Easter eggs. Yeah, nice. Okay, so Techland, uh, probably your I would say in my mind they're among the top tier of double a developers mm. uh and i feel like this game is teasing into triple a territory uh is that a sentiment you would agree with 
Yeah, actually, that feels really good. I think that's a great analogy. This is, you know, self-published and self-developed by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's why, like, as much as, like, there are some weird elements and it's not a fully polished experience for sure, like we are supposed to expect from AAA, mm-hmm. there is a lot here that kind of lends itself to, wow, if, you know, I, I saw with the budget you had, you hit exactly what you needed to do. And a little bit more some. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we close out, I do want to talk a little bit about combat and how the yeah. game looks combat wise. When you uh, I, I've seen, you know, when you look at trailers, you're seeing first person combat, which can be strange if you're doing a lot of traversal stuff. But yes. you're engaging with your fists, fist to cuffs. Parkour seems to be involved in combat. And I'm seeing weapons, including guns, but it's not a shooter. Yeah, there's a few range weapons in this game, which kind of bummed me out that I don't feel like they get enough love Mm -hmm. in this game. Like I there's a bow and arrow in this game and I love like I'm an archer. Yeah, immediately. I'm excited when you say that. Yeah, but I don't know, maybe just because the loot I've gotten hasn't been great, but the bow and arrow kind of feels really nerfed. They really want you to go in there. With your melee weapons. And the one thing that you may or may not dig is there is weapon durability. Your weapons mm-hmm. will break. Now you can just upgrade like, that. Just no, like say the Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you can upgrade <laughs> it over time so they get immensely stronger and you can mod mm-hmm. them as well. So like you could literally put like a like a lighter at the end of it and it's your fire mod, or you could have like shock on it or toxic on Dope. it. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of like crafting that again, you create mods for your characters or or for your character and for its weapons. The combat itself does remind me yet again, this is like Skyrim with zombies. (laughs) Um, it is very much like R1 or sorry, R2, hold R2 for your heavy attack type of stuff, Mm -hmm. block with your L1. I do have some problems with the melee combat maybe i'm not too great at it but mm-hmm. from a guy that's plot platinum Sekiro, humble brag i don't think the enemy tells are that great mm-hmm. so i'm getting a little messed up in me- melee combat where i don't think it's necessarily my fault mm-hmm. um at the same exact time though melee combat isn't too difficult because it's kind of like you know like in assassin's creed where there's like 10 guys on you but only one or two guys actually come and try to strike at you sure when it comes to the human enemies, they're a lot like that, mm-hmm. but there's just so much fun you can be had with like, I have this giant club and I held down R2 and triangle and I just did like a cyclone attack to knock eight guys off their ass. Right. Dope. That's, that's really fun. There's a awesome feeling where, you know, you chop a zombie's head off and it goes to slow-mo and you just see the head roll. Like, okay. You're selling me. I like slow-mo. Yeah, like it's visceral. The melee combat may not be completely polished, Mm -hmm. but it is fun enough that when you're in the moment, when you're in combat, it feels really, really fun more than anything. And again, it may not be so intricate or may may be kind of surface level deep, but it is a ton of fun when you're in the moment Mm -hmm. fighting a whole bunch of zombies. That said as well, when it comes to zombie variations... Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if I'm going over you a little mm-hmm. bit here. They do an excellent job, which I didn't feel like they did in the first game. They did an excellent job here of introducing each infected type. Okay. Really, really well. Uh, I won't spoil some because some are deep, 
within the game, but like you have your classic screecher, mm-hmm. you have your classic vomiter or your, th- you know, I'm going to toss projectiles at you. Um, there's kind of your standard left for dead style. Special. Yes. And okay. you can, they're expected in here. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way of saying it. There's some brutes that are menacing. All of them though are fun. They don't feel like they're daunting in any way. They're a lot of fun to fight. The zombies in this game, I like fighting a lot more than the human enemies. And there's an imperative to fight the zombies because you get tokens. Like, you, like I guess you're like cutting off an ear and you're showing a merchant. Okay. And they'll be like, okay, so here you get to upgrade, you know, your mod or you get to upgrade your, you know, your, uh, your health that Weird way. Weird flex you, for the shopkeepers of Dying yeah. Light. Yeah. Good flex for them. But okay, so you mentioned two you mentioned difficulty twice. Yeah. Uh, and then for trophy room listeners, I, I want to also ask about the dual sense. The oh. difficulty of the game, you've beaten Sekiro, you've platinumed mm-hmm. it, you you're an expert at a lot of these really good timing-based games. How's the difficulty? Because not everybody, myself included, can handle the difficulty of some of the games yeah. that, that uh, face us. And then if you could jump in with the dual sense features, like what's special with the dual sense? Anything? great i almost forgot that thank you for mentioning it so yeah uh quick there is an easy mode normal mode hard mode mm-hmm. uh, i played this game on normal i found mm-hmm. it relatively easy um for me and i know i'm a little bit more skilled than most mm-hmm. humble brag humble brag uh, when it comes to dual sense it's there uh weapons depending on like the the mace that you have the two-handed mace Definitely feels heavier to press down on, which mm-hmm. just gives a nice weighted feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dual sense features are there. It's not as prominent, but it's definitely more than most. The one thing that I, I before we get out of here, mm-hmm. have to mention, first off, graphically, this game, I played it on performance, looked great, ran at 60, never had a drop frame, mm-hmm. only two crashes. I need to stress this. The sound design in this game is incredible. Okay. Zombies sound really creepy. And okay. they it 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 really does put you in the moment and does freak you out a little bit of like, is this thing across from me? Is this thing right next to me? Like where is mm-hmm. like you get you is get Is Kyle feeling. gonna ha- go through his heebie jeebies? Yes, definitely when you're in those dens and in certain areas of this game, you're gonna you're going to be freaked out. I, the sound design and world design are like top notch. Tuckland knocked it out of the park. Nice. Nice. Did you have any standout uh, visual moments where you pause, had to screenshot it, that kind of thing? Yeah, man. Looking high up down at the world playing on PlayStation 5. Wow. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, just gorgeous. So one thing you and I don't enjoy doing is putting a score on games and given how crowded February is going to be, and it looks like an incredible year for the next uh, few months of gaming, how must play is this for, for people in the moment? Can they, can they wait a bit? Is this, they're going to lose its luster. Could you check it out in a few months when it goes on sale? Where's the must buy feature aspect of this? You could buy this full price and you're not going to be, disappointed now i also need to mention this does have a co-op i didn't find anybody to co-op with so i don't know how the multiplayer is truth be told Mm -hmm. but there is i believe three or four player Mm co-op um two to four is what my two on the xbox sides which i would imagine is the same yeah so 
I, I definitely recommend this. This is a solid game. Like if I had to rate it, it's an eight. Like in oh, my cool. heart, I'm like, that's where it would fall. I think this is a very good or great game. There mm-hmm. is some blemishes. I'm not a huge fan of the story, but like the moment to moment gameplay is there. And if you are a fan of Dying Light, I could definitely see this being a must buy right now. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Very exciting to hear that, especially given kind of the resurgence that game had. It had its like super edition that released with everything mm-hmm. bundled in. So you can play the old game for a really reasonable price. Uh, and, and Techland seems to have put a lot of love into it. And it seems like it's getting a lot of love. Yeah. Not, I don't mean about reviews, but I mean just in excitement for the game. Embargo is lifting at the time just after we're recording this. Um, we'll have more hands on stuff, you know, across different you know platforms that we see from other outlets. But you're standing comfortable. feel like it's yeah. a great game. Definitely yeah. worth a buy. Uh, and Absolutely. Again, a little jank, it. a little rough around the edges. But man, like what is here is a lot of fun. It, it surprised me how into it I was in this game. Gotcha. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great, man. And I, I got my code a little after you, so I'm just now, after we are done, getting to really get in, dive into it. Uh, but it sounds like I'll be in for a good a good chunk of time to yeah. play for a good this, bit of, uh, through February. This, this is a Lucas game, man. I'm, 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 nice. I'm excited for you. So that said, everybody, if you have any more questions down below, go into the comments. Um, that said, Luke, where can they find you? Good, sir. Hey, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me, Joe. I appreciate you. Uh, any listener that uh, enjoyed me asking questions, I love asking questions of developers, voice actors, uh, and people around the gaming industry. You can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost, uh, and you can find my content, uh, the Xbox Expansion Pass, on all your podcast services. And Joe, you and I do a show together. Yeah. Yeah, Cast Co-op. We're three podcast hosts cast together. Uh, we're joined by our good friend, old man himself, Ains from Season Gaming. So go check us out at Cast Co-op at SeasonGaming.com for all that goodness. Luke, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Always a pleasure. You suck. And yeah, so spoiler alert, Kyle, I really like this game. That's awesome. Yeah, really fun. It's a dumb story. I'm, I'm, when you're reviewing something, you kind of get nervous. of like, is this the consensus? Am I alone? And it seems like the consensus is story's not great. Voice acting is kind of over the, all over the place if it's not Aiden. And uh, the the parkour and the, the combat, that's why you're in it. The open world itself is just so vast and, and so many just little treasure troves cool. all over the place. So, yeah. yeah. Again. Uh, I recommend it. I think if I had to rate it, uh, I'd give it a gold trophy. I think it's worth the money, man. Go out there. Sweet. Purchase it. Pick it up. That said, code provided by Techland. So maybe just take all my opinions with green salt. Call me a piece of trash. That said, <laughs> it's time for the Sony Pony Express. Yeehaw! Una writes in. Hey, guys. First off, welcome to February, the month where our wallets are out on fire. Winter takes it takes its last stand and a mage who just wants to shoot lightning out of his hands is stealing my heart. So last night while playing dragon age origins, I faced a boss who I probably should not have faced, but I actually was able to overcome it. And it led me to this question. What bosses have you faced where you should not have beaten them, but you did. Ooh, by the way, you know, I love that lead up to that question. Great lead up. That was great. Great lead up. Uh, I can't think of one right off the top of my head at this very moment. Of Vicar like a, Amelia uh, Bloodborne. 
I skipped the plague uh, beast and I headed straight for her my first time around and mm. I beat the shit out of her. Mm. Okay. I was like, that's what you get for being a big giant werewolf, you dumb idiot. Uh, and then I actually think I did like the witch, the the witches afterwards, which if you guys don't know, they're a joke of a bloodborne boss. They're literally, uh-huh. I think that I think they're like one of the easy bo- easiest bosses I've ever encountered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. There's got to be uh, like an RPG boss that I was underleveled for, but I just can't. Nothing's coming to me right now. Yeah. There, there is a Sekiro. Bo- oh, <laughs> here's where people, here's where Light people will yell at me. Here's where people will yell at me. Here's uh, let, let the hate flow through you. Let just, just go, go, just send your war, send your vial. Um, Demon of Hatred on Sekiro. You can cheese it. And I cheese that boss. What you do is you there's a there's a glitch. You jump the tower, and then you make this precise jump, and you jump on the gate, tower gate, and then you lure him to the tower gate, and he will actually jump off the map and kill himself. Ooh. And you win that boss fight. Nice. Um, and I I want to be honest. I could have taken him. I'm pretty sure he was a relentless son of a gun. Uh-huh. But there was just one part of it's like. Actually, I feel like this would be a funnier way to go about it. Because I was just like, I just want the platinum at this point. So I'm just yeah. going to cheese it. I so. mean, people say cheese. Other people say learn your surroundings. Yeah. I'm adapting oh, and I valid. overcame. It's valid. Yeah. yeah. Is that putting the game to easy mode? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Only time will tell. Kyle, any, any boss come to mind after that? I can't. No, nothing's coming to my mind. I'm sure there's something in an old school Final Fantasy that I I, I can't wait until people go. You didn't really, <laughs> you didn't really beat Sekiro. <laughs> I just want you to know you may have beaten it three times, but you didn't really beat it. Um, Metal Kirby writes, "Hey Joe and Kyle, I missed the special episode this week, and I thought I would drop my question now." Is this the time to get into Destiny 2? It's one of the games I've meant to play and get into, but just never have. Thoughts? Destiny 2 is a pretty, it, it's it's hard to get into. I'm not going to lie. but There's if, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, I honestly, I would wait till the release of Spartacus and see yes. if it's headlining there. If it is, go for it. If yeah. it's not, maybe, maybe hold off a bit because uh-huh. the Witch Queen expansion's there and you're going to get a whole influx. Maybe you get an influx of new players. So maybe you go in now because I know New Light is the free, free to play version. So. Maybe test it out. See if you like it. See if there's a class that you're enjoying. Uh, I know the best class in Destiny is a Warlock. And if you say otherwise, you're wrong. Oh, no, it's Titan. Uh, can you say Oof. that expansion coming out soon? What, what's Witch the name Queen? Which what? Witch Queen. Okay. The first two times you said it, I thought you said Witch Cream. I was like, <laughs> ooh, that's a whole different type of thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's for another podcast, not ours. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, may, maybe yeah, hold I, off or maybe I agree with you, Joe. If it is headlining Spartacus and it's just an included benefit yeah. with all the expansion expansions included within it, I think that's the time if yeah. you really want to get into it. Right now, I would just wait and see what's what's going yeah. to happen. And uh, Stormcaller Warlock, the best. Uh, Drellish writes in: If one uh, looks at the statements of Microsoft and Sony in their recent acquisitions of Activision and Bungie, respectively, we get a sense that developers want their games to be enjoyed on irrespective of platforms that players are on. Does this mean 
looking forward, considering the last uh, latest console iterations, that we can declare an end of the console wars moving forward? Or does this pertain to only live uh, action or multiplayer games? Is exclusivity, paraphrased, or timed exclusivity, paraphrased, of a game losing its value and meaning as Sony follows their strategy of platform expansion and integration? Thoughts? I don't think exclusivity is losing its meaning. I, I, Sony's still out there making deals for like Final Fantasy 16 exclusive yeah. to PlayStation. Yeah. There's still a ton of value in that. Um, and as long as there are stupid trolls on Twitter, the console wars will happen. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the sad truth. That is the sad truth. Yeah. Um, because like even with my insomnia, like I was watching some of these comments uh, with this with this call at Sony HQ, and I'm like, you guys are losers. Why do you? Yeah. Stop with the. Just knock it off. Stop. It's 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 the it's the Michael Jordan gif of stop. Get help. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like this is not serious. Jesus. Um. But yeah, no. I I think exclusivity still matters. When you take a look at Hulu, I'm on Hulu because of Handmaid's Tale under his eye you know i'm i'm watching netflix for kim's convenience and uh and stranger things which oh my god that new trailer come on jesus i haven't seen the trailer oh it's a couple months old but like i'm watching disney plus because book of boba fett the past few episodes have turned me and my brother into children children kyle it is literally the most adorable thing watching me and my brother watch star wars i get emotional (laughs) thinking about it because like this is the this is our thing that we bond over and we're just gushing over look i'm I'm, I'm real talk yeah you're tearing (laughs) up yeah we're we're just gushing like we're kids again yeah and it's just like oh it's these are our favorite toys (laughs) yeah uh uh oh man i'm really doing this anyway (laughs) so like excuses matter uh, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're still going to go to your PlayStation app for God of War. Um, I do think, though, there would be a crazy, crazy timeline where, like, you could purchase God of War on Xbox. That'd be... Maybe. But I really think, like... At I, that point, then, you would just buy the cheapest box. I mean, theoretically... You know what? Maybe that's a little bit too crazy, but yeah. I, I think what's going to probably end up happening is again I do think you're going to see an Xbox app on a PlayStation and a PlayStation app on an Xbox but they're going to be probably like the streamed versions of those so it's like get the best version on this box sure yeah, and again yeah. that's like in 10 plus years from now oh, we're yeah. all cyborgs anyway so like why does it even matter in 10 years I'm going to be a cyborg yeah oh man yeah I got to plan out these next 10 years very carefully that's what the NFT bros have been telling me <laughs> They seem pretty smart. <laughs> but yeah, no, they still hold their value. It's it's all about, again, fighting for that login screen as frenemy of the show, Luke Lloyd said. So, yeah. With that said, Kyle, that's been the trophy room this week. Thank you, everybody, for all your questions. Um, seriously, this week has been crazy. I, I, I've just been nonstop for the past, will be 72 hours of like three mm-hmm. hours of sleep. So... This has been yeah. nuts. Been nuts. Been crazy. Um, but Kyle, before we head on out, is there anything you'd like to spotlight, sir? Sure, I'd like to spotlight myself, Mr. Ksep, on Twitter and everywhere. Uh, if you want to check out the latest in indie game news, check out 61indie.com. That's S-I-X-O-N-E-I-N-D-I-E, as well as podcast services, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, good times. We're going to be sitting down this Saturday. 
the video will come out, I think, early next week. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, with the dev behind Infernax, Ooh. which is a really cool RPG um, action RPG in the vein of Castlevania, coming out on Valentine's Day, which looks nice. really rad. So nice. yeah, look forward to that. Awesome! I'm excited for you, bud. Yeah, and make sure you watch this week's cast co-op. We haven't recorded it yet, but I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun. Uh, I'm also on the road to Forbidden West with our good friend Kevin Diaz, who's been getting a whole lot of much deserved love over yes. at PlayStation Source. If you like our content, I'm guaranteeing you you're gonna probably love his as well. Um, he's a great dude and, and deserves all the W's that he's. He's getting and will get going forward. So make sure you follow us there. Uh, This week, I troll the shit out of the Kingdom Hearts community. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know, I just wanted to throw a little stones over there. I don't get Uh I don't get your naming conventions, you know? Uh, You can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find this show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. Again, those Apple reviews, those Spotify reviews, those giveaways all can be yours. Yeah, just head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars. We are only eight reviews away from 250 in North America alone. Whoa. Okay. We are we are just a handful away from like 225 on Spotify. Uh, this wow. really does help us out because it gets not more just more eyes on the the podcast, but it gets us taken a lot more seriously across the board. So please, please, please head on over there. It helps us out. And who knows? Maybe you get a chance to win something uh, pretty cool. Or you just, you know, know that you're doing a good deed for some good people. And I love you all very much. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep you what's about you, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. Bye. I love you.